Hi-ho, Kermit the Frog here, and welcome to Muppet Vision 3D. Now, let me show you around our research center. Now it is time for a preview of the world of tomorrow. We step into the future and find fantastic atomic-powered machines working for us. The world is unified and peaceful. Outer space is the new frontier. Take a ride on the cutting edge. Innoventions. Tomorrow's child, tomorrow's child, shining a brand new way. For the future world is born today. Attention Horizons passengers. Our travels will be briefly delayed. Please remain seated. W. everybody, and welcome to the WDW Radio Show, your Walt Disney World information station. I am your host, Lou Mangello, and this is show number 266 for the week of March 18th, 2012. To help you plan for and hopefully appreciate all the stories, details, and opportunities available on your next Walt Disney World vacation, I'm going to open up the inbox again this week and answer more of your listener emails. Topics include an extinct themed restaurant in the parks, getting ready for a Disney cruise, eating vegan in Disney, on-ride photos, rides for an infant, free resort campfire and movie nights, taking a toddler on a Disney cruise, and much more. We'll also discuss our thoughts on the best buffet in Walt Disney World and ask you to share yours as well. I'll have the answer and winner for last week's Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week and pose a new one for your chance to win a Disney prize package. I'll then have a couple of announcements and play more of your voicemails at the end of the show. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this week's episode of the WDW Radio Show. This show is all about helping you get the best possible experience from your Walt Disney World vacation or visit. And whether it's by introducing you to overlooked experiences or to the stories and details to help you appreciate what you see even more or by helping you plan and prepare, hopefully you're also getting a little bit of Disney magic, whether you're at home or at work. But many times you have questions And while the podcast is unfortunately really a one-way conversation, I've always wanted to keep it interactive with the live shows and meets, events, and whatnot. But most of all, by continuing to help you by answering your individual questions about everything from vacation planning, history, experiences, and everything in between. And listener questions can only mean that I'll once again be joined by someone whose business it is to help make your dream vacation a reality. I just came up with that, but I like how it sounds. She is the share to my Sonny, the Hutch to my Starsky, <laughs> the Jerry to my Tom, the Ethel to my Fred. Wow. More importantly, the Swirl to my Citrus, Sunshine Tree Terrace, and the Oats to my Hall. She is, of course, Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. 
how can I follow that? Really? Every time? More importantly, (laughs) how many of those references did you actually get? Unfortunately, several of them. Even the the Ethel one, which is extremely scary. (laughs) And I I was all ready to talk about food right out of the gate. But no, you had to like trip me up with with trivia. But I did. I brought in the citrus swirl. I had one this morning over at Sunshine. A little bit of Disney history back in Adventureland. And I don't even know what that is. I promise you, Becky Mankin, (laughs) that I will not only take you to, but treat you to a citrus swirl and I'll let you sit down and eat it at a table as opposed to on top of a garbage can, (laughs) which is what we normally do in Disneyland and Walt Disney World. And I'm I'm so glad that you're actually recording this because I'm just chalking up that list of promises you're making. Yeah, we have we have many, many uh, places to eat, but we also have many, many emails to get to. I want to get right into it because we do have a ton in the inbox. And the first one starts off. Hey, Lou, I just registered myself on your WW Radio Show website, and I'm currently going through past episodes that I missed. Perfect thing to do while at work, he says. After listening to the episode about top 10 restaurants with the best ambiance, it got me thinking about that this restaurant that's no longer at Walt Disney World, but was definitely my favorite growing up. Now, if anybody would remember this or knows the name, I figured it would be you. It was located in the animation area where the Playhouse Disney attraction is now. It closed in the mid to late 90s, and I remember it having the feel of a movie set of popular animated movies of the late 80s and 90s. It was more of a fast food style restaurant like Pecos Bills or the Electric Umbrella. And my favorite part was the long stairway from Aladdin with the genie lamp at the very top that when you rubbed it, a projection of the genie appeared on the wall. It looked just like the movie, or at least it did to five-year-old me. It also had the ship from Pocahontas, maybe just a facade, and my family collected the cool character-themed cups that they had there. No one seems to remember this place, but I have pictures of us there. Please share them with me. So I know it existed, LOL. So I'm just curious what you know of that restaurant and your thoughts on why they closed it, though I'm figuring, figuring it had to do with needing a location for Playhouse Disney the movies weren't current, and they needed something fresh there. Thanks for the podcast. Recently moved to Orlando. I'm sad I missed a five-year anniversary in downtown Disney. Hope to make the next meetup. I hope you do as well. Thanks a bunch. This comes from Casey Joe. Casey Joe, I love this question, not just because it has to deal with food, but because you obviously have very fond and crystal clear memories of this restaurant over at, at the time, Disney MGM Studios, Disney Hollywood uh, Studios Now, and it was a place that I enjoyed as well. Becky Mankin, you've never eaten at the Soundstage restaurant, have you? No, I haven't. I, I'm right out of the gate. I'm going to learn something today. Well, this was uh, it was an opening day restaurant over in um, in Hollywood Studios. And you're right. It is where where Disney Junior or Playhouse Disney is now. But originally when it opened as the Soundstage restaurant, remember, Disney MGM Studios was supposed to be a real working studios and this restaurant was themed like a rap party for a, a, a Bette Midler, Lily Tomlin film that, again, Becky probably hasn't seen, called Big Business. And it was made to look as though it was uh, taken with parts of the movie set inside there. Cast members were costumed up. Uh, it really was more like you remember it, of a food court. It had sandwiches and burgers and pizzas and soups and salads and things like that. It did go through a transformation 
and was later themed, like you said, to animated films like Beauty and the Beast, Aladdin, Pocahontas, all of which you mentioned in there. They did actually have character breakfasts for a short time in there as well. They later used this. You're right. It wasn't Playhouse Disney first. It was Bear in the Big Blue House, which I loved, by the way. The moon, the Luna song, the moon. No, nothing. Okay, let me put it. All right. Becky Mankin, let me frame. uh, Give me give you a frame of restaurants. There was a bar above the restaurant. (gasps) Wait a minute. That's the one where that hidden lounge was. Exactly. The catwalk bar was actually located up in the catwalks above the seating area of the soundstage restaurant. And so in order to get there, uh, there was and you can still see it now. If you go to the restrooms in the Brown Derby, you'll see a velveted roped off stairway there that would lead you up to the catwalk bar as did the elevator that's there as well and it was a bar it served alcohol it also had some uh appetizers had tvs in there as well so sometimes you could watch sports if you need to sort of sneak away to watch the giant game or whatever it was um it did close in november of 1998 for bear in the big blue big blue house Believe it or not, the catwalk bar was open for a little while, except during the show. It eventually closed uh, completely. Bear in the Big Blue House becomes Playhouse Disney. Playhouse Disney becomes Disney Junior. And the catwalk bar still sits up there, empty, vacant, Ah, and waiting. So a moment of silence, please, for another lounge lost. And it was a cool, (laughs) I mean, it was a cool place to go because it was very much out of the way. And because you could sort of look down on the soundstage restaurant, like it also gave you the sense that, you know, like the studios did back in 1989, 1990, that you were in a real working movie studio. See, that sounds really cool. It sounds like the theming was was really entertaining. The theming was and the fact that the soundstage restaurant was able to change, keep that idea of it being a soundstage, but go from, you know, the big business film Remember, it, it's 1989. Bette Midler, Lily Tomlin were were you know very big at the time. But then being able to easily adapt to animated features at the time, Aladdin and Beauty and the Beast and Pocahontas. That's actually where. So there's a there is a bit of the soundstage restaurant still present in Walt Disney World in another theme park. Becky, bring it home. What wow. is it, and where can you find it? I I have no idea. <laughs> The Spitting Camels at Aladdin in Adventureland no, originally really? came from the Aladdin's Royal Caravan Parade and at one point were out in front of the soundstage restaurant. Show off. <laughs> <laughs> Just saying that the Walt Disney World Trivia Book is available over at www.radio.com. <laughs> no, but I think it's cool script. that they keep those things yeah. and it comes full circle. And if you do remember the soundstage, so Casey Joe, next time you're in Adventureland... Go and check out the Spitting Camels and see if it brings back memory. And I was serious. If you have pictures of you and your family from the uh, uh, from the old Soundstage restaurant, I would love to see them. If you could please email them to you, I'd love to see them because there's not a lot out there that you can find from that time. And we'll introduce awesome. Becky to the concept of the Soundstage restaurant. So, uh, which that I think could, so- I think it's a great concept that could come back to the studios. Yeah, I'd love to see something like that come back. I want the Star Wars Cantina instead. But I will move on <laughs> to the question from Vicky and Phil. Vicky and Phil say, Lou, we've booked the cruise for November. Awesome. I've never been on a Disney cruise before. I remember there was a podcast episode some time ago where you and Becky answered some questions. What episode was it? The cruise planning DVD from Disney isn't available for Australians. Oh, they're coming from Australia. Is there something else you recommend that we read? Thanks for all your information. Philip, my husband and I are looking forward to meeting you as well. 
Bill and Vicky, I am as well. I'm super psyched that you guys are coming along on The Dream with us, November 4th through the 8th, 2012, www.radiocruise.com. We still have availability, Becky Mankin. Yes, we sure do. And you may not know about the Soundstage restaurant, but you know that Richard Sherman's coming. Yes, I sure do. <laughs> I'm really excited about that. Super That's excited. It's going to be great this year. He, uh, we've already been talking about some of the things he's going to do and share, and it's going to be an awesome time. But anyway, let me go back to Vicky and Phil's question. I'm now thinking about riding the aqueduct with Richard Sherman, but I, let me move on. <laughs> um, let me first gotta ride the aqueduct. bring you back to a couple of uh, episodes of the show. If you go back to show number 191 from October 2010, we talk about the Disney Cruise Line. We have some Q&A about the Disney Dream. And on show 207 uh, from January 2011, uh, 2011, we also review the Disney Dream and our cruise on it as well, too. Uh, we are also planning, Becky, as long as we're talking about the dream, we are going to have another cruise prep show, not, not just specifically about our dream cruise, where we'll talk about some of the things uh, that we're going to be doing there, but also ask answer some questions from listeners. Uh, and maybe Vicky and Phil or anybody else who's listening, if you do have Disney Cruise Line or Disney Dream specific questions, email me. Uh, email me at cruise at www.radio.com. We'll gather those together. Becky, we'll do a show uh, in the next couple of weeks or next month or so about prepping for our cruise and the Disney Dream. Maybe um, maybe even do something live. I have an idea for something else I want to do too. get people involved and get them to uh, talk more about the cruise. That's a great idea because there's so many questions, especially from uh, first-time cruisers and, of course, people who've never been on a Disney cruise before. There's a lot of people who have a lot of outstanding questions, and to be able to hit them all at the same time, that's a great idea. Yeah, I love it. So, But as far as things for you to read, I didn't realize that the DVD wasn't available um, overseas. So what I would probably first tell you to do, and I'm sure you've spent a, a great deal of time on there as well, is visit the DisneyCruise.com website. There they'll have a lot of information. They always are updating with new videos and new photos as well. Uh, that's what I brought and showed my kids before we went on the dream to really get them excited. Uh, there's also a great book, and I don't believe it's available anywhere else except online. You, uh, I'm sorry, except on board the ship. But if you can find, the, it's called Disney Cruise Line, Welcome Aboard, The Creation of the Disney Dream by Jeff Curdy. Uh, that's a great book filled with not, it, it, it's a great way, not necessarily to help you plan for your trip, but to help get you excited about the, 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 the trip and learn more about the cruise itself. Yeah, those, that book is fabulous. It really does kind of take you through a lot of the, the final details of how it was built and, and the history. But of course, online, you're going to get all kinds of information. There are several websites that are dedicated to cruising and to the different ships and um, reviews of the different cruises. So spend a little time with Google and you're going to get a lot of information as well. But we do obviously use DisneyCruise.com um, for the online piece so you can see the pictures and look at the different short excursions that are available. And um, get more information about what's available on uh, on board for activities. So that's a great resource. Yeah, and you're going to start hearing a lot more from us too about things that we're going to we'll, we'll be doing. And of course, you know, you if you obviously booked as part of the cruise, your agent will be also be able to help you from Mouse Fan with any questions individually that you might have as well too. Absolutely, and that's what we're here for. Or you can call Becky at home. So why don't you share <laughs> Becky's home phone number so everybody can call Becky with questions as they have. It? 
as I put the forward on to Lou Mangiello's cell phone. <laughs> LaShonda Begley has a question. She says, hey, Lou, my husband and I are going to Walt Disney World the first week of August. We've been many, many times before. And I have a question. I really didn't put these in any specific order about food. Two, actually. This is the first trip I'll be making as a vegan. Some logistics, in case you need them, were DVC members, annual pass holders, no dining plan, staying at the boardwalk on points for eight days. I've started making reservations online, but I've heard horror stories that the online reservation system may lose your dining requests, and I want to eat more than fruit during our trip. Uh, so do I. Uh, I know we'll need to call and speak with the chef of the restaurant to make allergy arrangements, but I don't know how soon before we arrive to call. Second, what would be the best bets to get vegan food at the world? I've heard that Boma, Jico, Tusker House are very vegan friendly and even Ohana. Really? Please help me, Lou. You're my only hope. That's in my best <laughs> Princess Leia impression. Uh, love the show. Thanks for all you do, LaShonda. Oh, and the hubs requested the meat of the month for August during that week. We always miss it by days. It's such a shame. Hopefully, it's just, it's such a shame to see a grown man cry. Well, LaShonda and hubby, uh, we'll definitely hopefully connect while you're here. But I want to address a couple of things about your uh, email. I want to get to the vegan. Uh, I certainly want to get to some of our restaurant recommendations. But you did mention something about hearing that the online reservation system may lose your reservations. I, I have to tell you, I've never heard that before. I use the online reservation system extensively. Look at me. You can tell I use the online reservation system extensively. Um, I've done it online. I've done it via my iPad. I've done it recently do using the a new Disney mobile magic app. And I've never heard of reservations being lost because you will not only get a confirmation once the reservation's made, it'll get emailed to you using the mobile magic app. It actually puts a reminder in your calendar uh, if your iPhone supports that. So I, I wouldn't be too concerned about making those reservations online. Um, I think I think what she it might be um, referring to is there have been some reports of some issues. However, it was during a time when there was a, a systems upgrade going on. So there was a, a lot of um, information that was out on the Internet and on various boards. But it was a very small window where something occurred. But like you said, utilize the tools they have. You'll get the email confirmation. If you had the confirmation number, even for the people who did have some issues with the database, you were fine when you got to the restaurant. So again, it was a very small amount of time where there was some reports. It's all been taken care of from what I understand. You should not have an issue. Yeah, and Disney obviously too is very accommodating. If you say, hey, look, yes. I made this reservation. You know, here's all 16 of us. We're starving. I'm sure they'll try and work with you best that you can. Not that I'm telling you to pull a Becky and lie that you have a reservation. You really wow. need to have the reservation. Really? <laughs> Here I am trying to at least, you know, help this person out and you go for my jugular. All right. So All right, let's talk about um, the idea of going as vegan. Uh, this is something that has become a lot more prominent in recent yeah. years as most people either by choice or by necessity like to or want to or need to have vegan dining. And again, we've talked about this in the past. No one anywhere is as accommodating for dietary restrictions as Walt Disney World is, whether it's an allergy, a preference, whatever it may be. And yeah, you can call the restaurant you're going to, let them know about your allergies or that you need to eat vegan. They will always be able to accommodate you. Um, all the restaurants, 
normally at this point offer at least one vegetarian option. Most of those can oftentimes be modified as well to be vegan, but you should absolutely talk to the chef or manager. Uh, let them know ahead of time if you can. Even if you don't, when you arrive there, let them know and they'll come over to the table. They'll talk with you. I would call, if, if it was me, I'd call maybe seven to 10 days before my trip. Let them know in advance, especially if you have, even beyond vegan, a, a very sort of specialized kind of allergy uh, or requirement ahead of time. Right. And I'd actually add to that, that actually, as soon as you start making your dining reservations, you can actually call their special diets line as opposed to call, calling directly to the restaurant, which you can do when you're closer in. But if you're kind of nervous about it and you want to kind of get things in place, as soon as you start making your dining reservations, you've got the res times and the res confirmation numbers, call the special diets line and then they'll be able to um, communicate with the chef as well, which is a great tip. Is that the number I would call to let Adventureland know that I'm coming and to keep the egg roll cart stacked <laughs> until I just pass out from, no, different, no, different phone number? No, anyway. that's, that's, that's calling me to make sure that I call ahead <laughs> about two weeks beforehand so they have everything that they need to accommodate you. No, that's more along the lines of your sushi need. That's true. That's true. <laughs> but, but I'll tell you, LaShonda, too, the one thing I, I, I'm, I've seen and I'm hearing a lot of feedback from guests, too, is that Disney is also being very proactive in terms of addressing these kind of needs. So there are vegan snacks available in the parks as well. And so if you go into a store and you want to buy something, they'll help uh, direct you to, I, from what I understand and confirm this first, I believe that um, popcorn and some of the pretzels may be vegan. Um, but again, you can also talk when you go to certain locations and find out, you know, just to make sure. But as far as recommendations, Again, having not eaten this way, but hearing from people, I've also heard that Boma and Jico are two great options uh, as far as being able to have vegan options, delicious vegan options. And I would be remiss, Becky Mankin, if I did not mention our friends over at Baby Cakes NYC in downtown Disney. They are a vegan, gluten-free, I don't know all the other free stuff that they do there, but delicious dessert place you can not only get cupcakes and cookies and donuts and things like that. They'll make cakes. They'll send it out for special events. And uh, and Emily Westhoff, who's the manager, is a great hugger as well. <laughs> and she gives. She's got these great chocolate frosting shots, which are so, so good as well. <laughs> but we we have several clients, like you said, vegan diets, vegetarian diets, special needs diets. Disney does such a great job with it, and we have several clients who fall under those categories. We've heard a lot about Boma and Sanaa, um, Citrico's. Even Artist Point does a really good job with a lot of their vegan, believe it or not. Um, another one for a counter service that we keep hearing about is Sunshine Seasons. Uh, oh, apparently yeah. has a lot of great um, options for vegan and vegetarians as well. So, like you said, every single... Uh, restaurant has some sort of vegetarian offering and most that can be um, uh, modified to a vegan diet. But Disney has so many great options for people with special needs or special dietary requests. They do such a great job. Yeah. And even uh, a couple of weeks ago, I was at Disney's Animal Kingdom. And obviously, I think it's easier to eat vegan at the table service restaurants. Yeah. But we were in line at the outdoor counter service for Yak and Yeti. The woman came up. She said she needed to eat vegan. They asked her to wait to the side. A chef was brought out and spoke to her and said, yeah, I can make you this, 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 and this. They made up something. She was very happy. And uh, so it's nice to see that they were able to do it right there on the spot as well. 
Yeah, and the chefs are so accommodating. I've seen them work with several people like that where they've just come out and they, they talk about it and they find out what the needs are, what your likes and dislikes are, are and they will go in and, and take care of you. So, again, hats off to Disney. Awesome. And let us know how it goes uh, for you, LaShonda, as well. Moving on, I've been trying to search online, but most of my results haven't been very useful so you were the only person I could think to ask. It's got to be a food question. I'm going to Magic Kingdom <laughs> at Epcot during March with a big group of friends. We're having a contest between ourselves for the funniest face during an on-ride photo, but I certainly can't hold my funny face the whole ride. I was f- wondering how I can find out which rides take photos and at what point during the ride the photo is taken. Does Disney have a list or can you recommend a site or resource where I can get this information unless you can tell me all of them. Thanks so much. You are the best. And that comes from Marissa Ellen. I think it's so cool that you're going down already planning on the funny face photos uh, for when you come down. But I, I I'll tell you, I actually don't know of a single resource that tells you exactly where the photos are taken. But that's part of the fun, too, right, is trying to figure out where your photos needs to be taken, because usually my funny faces are completely accidental. <laughs> and of course, since the cameras are snapping them when you're the most terrified, my eyes are usually closed. But over time, I've kind of figured out at least some of them. Yeah. And you can also, you know, if you ride once and then you can see the on-ride photos at the end, you can get a sense. Certain attractions. So let's sort of start in the Magic Kingdom. Okay. When you're on Buzz Lightyear and you're getting close to that final room, your vehicle turns. You can no longer... Um, sort of move the vehicle around and you're aiming towards Zerg, you know that that's when the photo is coming. Uh, Space Mountain, as you're starting off in that launch tunnel, just before you make the turn to go into the dark when you're going past those blue lights, that's where the the photo is taken there. Splash Mountain certainly... On the on the way down, <laughs> so I'm sweating when I think of Splash Mountain. That, you're gonna that, have that those plummet, funny faces on anyway. Um, yeah. Over in Test Track, uh, this one's a little bit harder because um, I'm trying to remember exactly where it is that they take it. I think it's early. Uh, is it later on in the ride? I think it's later on yeah. in the attraction, isn't it? It's it's right at the barrier test. Right before okay. you, so you collide with the quote unquote barrier, you, it's I think that's where that is. Right. Uh, I was thinking My, rock and roller coaster. That's where they take it. First thing when you're, starting, when you're getting yes. launched out and you have the face of fear that Becky often has. Uh, that's where they're <laughs> going to take your rock and roll pic, uh, rock and roller coaster starring Aerosmith picture. Uh, Tower of Terror. You know it's obviously coming when you are in the uh, in the shaft going up and down and you're going to be listen marissa you're going to be making funny faces during that time anyway so i wouldn't worry about it (laughs) and uh becky why don't you let them know where it's taken in dinosaur oh i knew you were going to ask me that because the entire time my eyes are closed and i'm usually my face is buried in my hands the entire time but i know it has to be somewhere around the dinosaur it's about to eat your head that's that's got to be where it is yeah i think marissa i think it'll be funnier if you don't know when it's coming because at least the first time you ride, you'll know when it's coming. I so. just haven't been on that in years, so we're good. We're, yeah. we're good. Expedition Everest, <laughs> they also take on-ride photos there as well. So, And I, I'm wondering if the on-ride photo system may be expanded to some additional attractions as well. I think there could be some other attractions it would be a lot of fun to see some on-ride photos for. Oh, it's really fun, too, to stop and look at the faces and look at the people around you and, and just to see the reactions. I, I really do enjoy that. Have you ever purchased an on-ride photo? 
Yes, I have, as a matter of fact. Um, when I have taken some of my agents, especially when we've taken up an entire car at, um, at Tower of Terror, some of the best photos of your family and your friends are done in, in that scenario. So we, we filled an entire car one time with about five agents that I basically had never been on it before. And I told them, you know, to be able to talk about the rides to your clients, you need to experience the ride. And that is a priceless photo. <laughs> I've done it as well. Um, my son is a huge Buzz Lightyear fan, so we always go on and uh, challenge each other. I totally smoke that kid every time um, when we go on. Um, so I, I like those. Uh, I like those a lot, too. It's all part of the magic and it creates memories. It's great memories for later on. Cool. All right, let's move on to Mike from Cleveland, Ohio. He said, hey, Lou, I actually saw you last fall when I was down with my wife for food and wine, but you were at an ATM in the beach club. I was probably buying Becky drinks and thought <laughs> I'd best not to disturb you. You should have come over and said hi. Anyway, yeah. in the summer of 2010, our family of five stayed in a one bedroom at the beach club villas. I think I really was. Our youngest child was two, so he slept in a portable crib. We love the villas, as do I, and want to stay there on our next trip. But the, but the one-bedroom capacity is only listed at four. I know we could do a two-bedroom, but we're trying to save money. So my question is this. Will Disney allow us to book a one-bedroom and get a rollaway bed? They allowed five to stay in the room last trip, but was that because our son was under three? If this won't work, what do you recommend on property? We like the extra space and separate sleeping quarters of the villas again that's from mike from cleveland ohio so again becky the question is over at the in the rooms when they're listed as four will they allow a, a roll away bed and were they allowed to have five only because their son was under three yeah and and there's good news and bad news here the bad news is is that the one bedroom villas at that location you're right they allow four plus one child under three in a crib that's why they allowed for the five and they don't have a roll away it's basically because the uh, bedding configuration in those particular villas is a one one king bed and a queen sleeper sofa. So there's where you get your four plus the one child in a crib. So at this point, you're not going to be able to stay with five in a room at the Beach Club Villas because, again, they don't allow the rollaway. However, there are different resorts that have different configurations that will allow that, especially uh, for the villas. So, for example, over at Kadani uh, Village at Animal Kingdom Lodge, they have... Uh, they add a sleeper chair, so that allows for another guest. They also have that at Bay Lake Tower. You might remember uh, when we toured one of those, seeing the sleeper chair. Very comfortable. They also have them at Jamba House um, for Animal Kingdom Lodge, but not all of their one bedrooms have that. So you would have to be very specific and make sure that the room assigned to you um, has that extra sleeper chair. And Becky, what about the, the family suites at places like uh, the All-Stars, and obviously upcoming with Art of Animation. Yes, and that is really exciting because, of course, Art of Animation is going to be opening soon, and it does sleep. They have this, the family suites that sleep six, so that's an option as well. Um, there's also a couple of others, too. There are, of course, the tree houses, which are actually... Uh, much bigger. They're on par with the two-bedroom in terms of cost, but that's another option for a large family. Last but not least that I can think of are the Fort Wilderness cabins. A bit more tight in terms of space, but it does have that uh, moderate price point. Yeah, uh, I'm looking forward to Art of Animation. 
And yeah. I haven't actually stayed. I've been to, but I haven't stayed in the treehouse villas. Those can sleep, I believe, up to nine. But those are really cool, too. I love the treehouse. I, I got to tell you, that was another thing. We, we took a bunch of our agents over there, and we, we had like a... Um, a, a sleepover party and had a great time and had pizza and had the kitchen and had the different sleeping areas and it's really good for a large family. It, it's very very comfortable. Yeah, I'm. Uh, I'm. I need to sort of take a, a staycation and take my family there. It would be a good idea. The kids would love it. Awesome. Ron Havens has Lou. I was watching the video of the opening ceremonies at Magic Kingdom that I shot during my trip there last September, and I was wondering since Mickey's Toon Down Fair is gone. Do Mickey and his friends still arrive on the train to open the park? If they do come up on the train, where does the mayor say they're coming from? I know it really doesn't make much difference, but the changes in the park change the details of the story presented at the opening ceremony. I'd appreciate any info you can tell me. Thanks again, Ron Havens. Ron, they still do the opening ceremony. Becky Mankin, I love, love, love the opening ceremony. I still enjoy going. I enjoy it almost as much watching the guests as I do watching the opening ceremony because I love watching the kids there and their mouths are gape and the dads are hugging them and the moms are crying. Sometimes the dads are crying. And I was there this morning and they were dancing. Mayor George Weaver, actually this morning, Chief Smokey Miller opened up the Magic Kingdom. Uh, They have the same parade come through with the train coming in, the characters on it, the family of the day. I absolutely love it. It totally gets people jazzed up and excited for the day now as story goes i would assume that when mickey's toontown fair was open and of course that's where all the tunes were on vacation because they live in toontown in disneyland they were vacationing in disney in walt disney world now that it's mickey now that it's storybook circus that story may change a little bit the mayor or chief Smokey miller who's ever opening the town doesn't specifically say where they're coming in. He just says Mickey and his friends are coming in to open the park. And Ron, that's good enough for me. I'm uh, I'm willing to sort of suspend any questions I might have about where they're actually coming from. And the more important thing is that they are there. So true. I It's worth getting up early for. <laughs> I love... You should try it someday. You know what? I did, <laughs> if you remember correctly. I think I had to get up at six to be out there in time, you know, how, how, how I roll. But when the train comes in, it really does kind of give you that spark of magic and turns you into the eight-year-old to enjoy for the day. It's, it's a great way to kick off the morning, and it always gives me that little chill down my spine, and you got to have to hear that whistle, man. As that train comes out of bed, I don't know what it is, but it's awesome. It's so cool. Uh. All right, moving on. Hey, Lou, here's the deal. My wife and I want to bring our kid to Disney World. We've gone every year since we've been together, including calling from the car on our way back from Key West to see if there were any rooms available on short notice. Love it. And lo and behold, there was a room at Pop Century. Anyway, should we bring him? Just kidding. The real He said it, <laughs> not me. Um, he says, just kidding. The real question is, Luke, our son of five months, will be little over a year and a half when we go to Disney next October. Will he be able to go on some rides while he's there? Looking for some info on this. First time parents, and that's uh, Steve from Marshfield, Massachusetts, sent from the official WW Radio iPhone app. Um, Steve, you actually had me. I was like, well, maybe he's really asking because I think a lot of people do, Becky, sort of mm-hmm. question, you know, hey, is my child too young to go and enjoy Walt Disney World? Yeah, it really is a common question that, that comes up. And, of course, a lot of people will say, 
they'll never remember it. Why should we take it? But, you know, for that, it's the experience from, from the parents watching the children. So it's more about the parents at that point. But I, I think it's a great opportunity to, um, to bring your child. And as long there's so many, um, uh, opportunities like the baby swap that you can use to enjoy the attractions. There are attractions that you can go on. If it doesn't have a height requirement, your infant should be able to ride in many of the attractions. And of course, you're going to be able to speak to this better than I do because you've had a, an infant there. I thought than... you were going to say it because I have to worry about the height requirement. Well, <laughs> I wasn't going to go there, but thank you for opening that door. But there's there's a lot of um, uh, of resources that are available to you in the park. So uh, between the baby care centers and, of course, you can rent strollers and a lot of things that are going to make it an easy uh, uh, stay for you in, in the parks. But I definitely say do it. I've, listen, I brought my kids when they were as young as I believe my daughter was six months old. And again, the, the whole discussion about what they remember versus what you remember, parades and shows are great for toddlers and for young kids because the music, the sound, the lights, the audiovisual elements uh, are, are very attractive to young kids. So the shows and parades and whatnot are wonderful, but there are a ton of attractions that they can ride as well. Remember, it goes back to Walt. Walt wanted families to be able to have fun together. So... Pretty much every attraction, for example, in Fantasyland right now is accessible to young kids. So you've got the Carousel, Small World, Dumbo, uh, Winnie the Pooh, the Tea Party. I, okay, maybe I wouldn't take my one-year-old on a tea party, but Peter Pan's Flight, Philhar Magic. you also got shows like Country Bear, Buzz Lightyear, The Laugh Lore, The People Mover, The Railroad. Um, so you can bring your child with you on a lot of those attractions, even places like Epcot. They can go on the seas, imagination, spaceship mm-hmm. Earth, the land. So most of these attractions, you don't have to worry about A, height requirements for your young child, it being too dark, too scary, too confining, whatever it might be. Uh, and obviously, you know your child best. Uh, right. So you can sort of determine what, and what he is going to be sort of comfortable going on. Yeah, it does kind of change the way you approach the park experience, though, of course, when you have an, an infant, from what I understand. It's going to be pretty much about them and their schedule, keeping them comfortable. Again, making sure that you know where the baby care centers are in case you need them, um, having the things with you that you may, might need. and It might be a slower pace, but you can still enjoy the parks. That's the bottom line. Absolutely. And you can enjoy it together as a family. Mm-hmm. Correct. And you're going to have great pictures and great memories to show them when they're 15 or 25 or in your case, 40 something. Byron (laughs) from Covington, Kentucky says, hey, Lou, love the show. Just have a couple of questions. What resorts have the campfire and movies and what time do they start? We're going back to the world next month. We want to do some things we've never done before. The only thing we ever do is just visit the parks. Also, if you have any ideas, let me know. Keep up the good work. And again, that's from Byron. Byron, I love this question because, again, you're, you're, you're starting to get to the point where you're looking to do things beyond rushing from attraction to attraction. That is what Walt Disney World is about. It's meant to be savored and enjoyed and experience so much more that goes on beyond the confines of the theme parks and the water parks and whatnot. The campfire sing-alongs and the movies are great. So many guests, Becky, don't even know about these. The campfire and sing-along that uh, I think that you were, well, you asked about the campfire and movies. The first one that came to my mind was over at Fort Wilderness and because it is a campfire sing-along with Chip and Dale. So I don't know if you're going down with young kids, but if you do, or even if you don't, uh, Chip and Dale come out 
Uh, this starts about 7 o'clock, uh, I think 8 o'clock in summertime. There's a sing-along. They have a marshmallow roast. Chip and Dale come out. They sing. They dance. They do autographs. And then they also have a movie as well. Side note, love the campground. If you have kids, there's the petting zoo. There's pony rides. There's Trails End, which is a whole other story as well. But, Becky, a lot of the other um, resorts also have outdoor movies that guests can go to for free um, at night. And it's not just confined to, you know, a lot of us think about we pass by maybe uh, the Yacht and Beach Club and see them out on the beach. But they mm-hmm. are at many of the other resorts as well. Right. Uh, Wilderness Lodge has them. Contemporary has them as well. Um, I do know that at the Beach Club, as you mentioned, Grand Floridian, they also have a campfire sing-along on the beach, followed by the movie, but the characters aren't attending there. But the best thing about these is that you can attend them and they're free to guess. So it's it's like you said, a lot of people don't know about them. They're a great way, especially with for families, to wind down in the evening at the resort. Or, you know, if they're not at a resort, when these is happening at, it's an e- it's easy to get over to a resort to enjoy it. Um, I do know also that uh, d- doesn't um, uh, Port Orleans Riverside also have some seasonally as well? Port, I, mean, I think I, I, I think most of the resort because I I'm I'm almost sure Caribbean and Coronado do. I know all the deluxe do. And I yeah. believe sometimes, and you have to just double check when you check in uh, at the at the lobby concierge. I believe even the Valley Resorts have um, yeah movies was outside it, as well too. I remember seeing maybe music that I saw one that wasn't too long ago that I actually remember in my brain seeing the uh, uh, seeing the screen up. So anyway, it's a it's a wonderful um, activity to take in with with kids. Yeah, sure. and again, you don't need to be staying, for example, you don't need to be staying at that Mm-mm. resort in order to go and do it. So you can try some of the other resorts. And, and I love uh, the Yacht and Beach Club one. It's right off the promenade there. They've got the uh, the campfire. I think it's like 2 or $3. You can buy a little packet and create your own s'mores. Yes. And there's a movie right on the beach. You kick off your shoes. You lay back. Um, if mom and dad want a, a cocktail, there's Hurricane Hannah's right there as well, too. You're right on the shores of Crescent Lake. That's one of my favorites, as well as Fort Wilderness, too. Sounds like fun. Let's go. <laughs> we have, again, I'm adding it on to s'mores. the list of things I haven't to had do. s'mores in eons. Did they have s'mores? Did they have fire when you were growing up? Did they have? What? No? Really? really? <laughs> Angela Zamponia says, Lou, sorry to bother. Angela, never a I bother. Need, sorry to I bother better you. comebacks. But my, bo- my husband, Disney Dom, and I were thinking about coming on your cruise in November but we will have our 11th month old son. I can stop right here. You need to come. None of the Disney moms. uh, Let's see. What do we do with uh, uh, an infant on the Disney dream? Can you give us any pointers? Would you recommend having diapers, wipes delivered to your stateroom? What about strollers and crib rentals? And do you know what deck WW radio will be staying on again? That is from Angela and her husband, Disney Dom. Uh, Becky, I I will take this first because I have brought both of my kids on multiple Disney cruises when they were very young. I had, uh, I've actually taken my children when they were under three uh, on the cruises as well. The Disney Dream, which is what we're going to be sailing on in November, has the It's a Small World Nursery available for kids who are three months to three years. I will tell you a personal story. I am still to this day a very overprotective father. I trusted the counselors there implicitly. And had such a wonderful sense of security about leaving my child there. Uh, they're trained. They're wonderful people. They take such, such good care of the kids individually. It's not like there's 30 kids to one person who's, you know, 
work doing Facebook on her phone. I mean, they really engage and play with the kids, not just sort of plop them in front of a TV or not either. Um, I think like we were talking about Becky about taking kids to Disney World, it's that same kind of thing because taking your young child on a cruise, they may not remember all the details, but they're going to remember seeing the characters and the fireworks and the shows and they're going to really enjoy that as well too. I have great memories, great photographs of taking my kids on the cruise as well. If you do want to spend some time on your own, you have that security blanket of the small world nursery there uh, and feeling a sense of comfort. You, if there, I will, And I'll put more information in the show notes to link you over to Disney's site about the, the youth clubs. But the thing that, Becky, I, I really like about it again was that sense of security and that only you can check in and check out your child. No other yep. parents are going to be allowed into the nursery. Nobody's walking through. You can't, you can't even go into the nursery. You can watch your kids from a distance from outside through the glass, but you can't even go and walk around in there. So you don't have to worry about other people going in, uh, anything else like that. That really gave me a comfort level. Yeah, these guys are so incredibly focused on security when it comes to your children, and it is amazing. The only day that you can go in and actually look in both the nursery and the kids' clubs is when you are um, uh, touring on the very first day, so you can see the facilities. It is amazing how well-trained the staff is, how much they engage with the children, and of course, the facilities are great. The The ones on the, the Dream and the Fantasy that I just saw, this which are both alike, the nursery area has three separate areas, one for sleeping, one for playing, and one for introduction. So you're not just throwing your child into this <laughs> um, into this little room with a gate. There's a lot going on in there, and they, they do such a fantastic job on board. That's the thing I was going to say, too. You know, there is that sort of separation anxiety from both the children sometimes and their parents. And they do have this sort of acclimation zone where, again, you're not just sort of handing a screaming child over. You can sit there... You can help get them introduced to that environment, to that play environment as well. And then, like we did, quietly sneak away, hopefully the child doesn't doesn't notice. (laughs) But it does work because it does get them introduced to the counselors, to the environment, and then gives them a a comfort level as well, too. Right. And then with the wave phones, they'll be able to call you to let you know if there's anything going wrong um, or if the child needs you. You are always a a quick wave phone call away, which is really nice and comfortable. It allows you to have a little bit of an adult time if you use their babysitting services, obviously, which are an extra fee, by the way. And the tip that I will give you about the babysitting is that you need to make those um, arrangements in advance. You can do it online up to the same amount of time that you can make for your shore excursions and, and other arrangements, but make sure that you kind of keep that in mind and make those arrangements so that you're not uh, blocked out from being able to have childcare when you need it. Yeah, and I will say too, just to, to throw it out there, because I have seen it done before uh, on a cruise that I've been on, on a Disney cruise. Someone actually did bring, uh, they had a nanny uh, at home. They had a couple of kids. The nanny helped out at home. There was already that comfort level with that person, so they brought their nanny along with them, if that's something that you have or can do is in your budget. Uh, you also asked very quickly about strollers and cribs. When you make your reservations, Beck, me, correct me if I'm wrong, if you need a crib, you'll let them know in advance. They'll have that crib in your, in your stateroom waiting for you. Right. And the same goes for toddlers. A lot of um, families still need like bed rails and, and so forth. Those can also be uh, requested as well in advance. 
Yeah, and if you do need a stroller, you can rent a stroller, I believe still for free, on board ship. Uh, and you had also asked about sending things like diapers and wipes delivered to your stateroom. We, br- we brought those with us. We brought um, diapers and wipes with us. Yes, you can get them in the shops. They are available there. But we sort of brought a little, um, you know, in our well, luggage we brought with us. And if you don't want to go to the expense of carrying them in your luggage, you don't really have to worry about uh, going down to the shop either because Disney Cruise Line is now using a service called Baby's Travel Light. And you can actually go through Disney Cruise Line's web um, uh, website when you're going into the onboard gifts area. You can actually order for your diapers and wipes and formula bottles and food. Even bathing supplies can be delivered directly to your cabin. Nice. Through this service. So don't worry about the extra cost of loading all of those things into baggage that you're going to have to pay $50 at the airport to get them checked. Just look at that service. And again, it's accessible through uh, your through the Disney Cruise website. And you can have all of them delivered, available when you get on board. That is an awesome idea. That is something that was not available when we went a few years ago. I really like that idea. Yeah, even though we great. drove, we stopped and, you know, went to Walgreens and sort of packed up a bag just of baby stuff. So that's great that it'll be there waiting for you. Yeah, and that service is available for many different cruise lines and many different locations. So for those of you who travel with your infants, take a look at their website because it really is a good service. All right, Becky, we're starting to run long on time. So the final question for this week is going to come from Kendall Foreman. And he says, Lou, I have a question for you and Becky. My husband and I are planning a trip for this fall and would like to include lots of great food. Kendall, I yeah, love I'm... how you think. How appropriate that we end on this question. We are really jumping from place to place to get what we consider iconic dishes. For example, some of our favorites include the vegetable goat cheese tort at Kringla Bakery, the brown derby cob salad, various yeah. French pastries, the Dole Whip. <laughs> Try the citrus swirl. It's awesome. The lighthouse sandwich at Harbor House. I'm so hungry right now. And of course, oh, my God, I'm starving. And, of course, Tonga Toast over at Kona Cafe. Kendall, if you guys need a third, I'm just saying I'm here. While looking at various dining options, I realized we tend to shy away from buffets because what we so like to find are the really delicious single items. So I'm curious, is there a buffet that would offer such an array of amazing items that it would be a travesty to overlook it? Since you are the true Disney food master, I know you could find me the answer. Thanks so much for all you do, Kendall Foreman. Kendall, I'm smiling as I answer this question <laughs> because, yes, I am hungry. But, Becky, I think that, and I look, we say all the time, Disney World is so much more beyond burgers and chicken nuggets. And I'm frustrated when I hear people say that that's all they eat. And, obviously, Kendall knows that there are some signature items throughout the parks and resorts but there's also a lot of great buffets, too. And I'm a buffet kind of guy because you can totally get your money's worth there when you eat there. But also because it gives you a chance to sample a lot as well, too, and try a bunch of different things. And then when you find that item that you like, Kendall, you hit that and then you stick it to the man and keep going back <laughs> over and over again for it. <laughs> getting your money's worth. <laughs> Definitely getting your money's worth. So, But more importantly, I think there's a number of buffet locations that not only offer a great environment, Becky, but also offer great food. So in the tradition of always letting the ladies go first, what would be the one or two buffets that you think have, forgetting about the ambiance, because looking for items that would okay. be a travesty to overlook, where would you send them? 
Okay. You, you, funny. You don't. You're going to laugh at me, but I'm going to get it anyway. On my recent trip, we wanted to try a couple of things that I'd never tried before. And one of them was the safari breakfast at Tusker House nice. over at Animal Kingdom. They had a breakfast buffet that included some very unique items that I found really amazing. And all right, sure, they have the typical bacon, you know, cooked eggs, Mickey waffles are all there. But they also have uh, like a beef quiche, which was amazing, Um, a carved honey glazed ham, which I can still taste because it was so good. Frittatas. They had some really amazing different like ham and cheese frittata that were spiced, um, really well seasoned. Um, Corned beef hash was over there. They also had these cheese blintzes. I know I'm probably butchering that, but it, they were so good and I, uh, it's going to take me weeks to work those off. <laughs> but And all the way down to um, a casserole, which I think, and if Somebody can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think it was a yam casserole. It was incredible. I really enjoyed that. So I, I have a feeling that going back to uh, to Tesker House for breakfast is going to have to be high on my list. The other one that I find really good that, again, has it. unique. Don't steal what? it. I, if, I'm sorry. You give it to me first. It's It's got to be Boma. Oh. Did I steal it? <laughs> it's, it's one of like 11 I have on my list, so that's fine. But the one that, that stands out for me at Bowman, there's one one dish I'll talk about. Actually, there's, of course, all kinds of chicken. And, and I'm not a big curry fan, but I know that there's a lot of curry dishes that my husband really enjoys. But the one that I really like is there's a seafood salad that they have there that's made of like couscous and shrimp and uh, a whole myriad of, of flavors that is really good. And that's what I would consider one of the signatures there. They actually have, there, there's a bunch of things I like there. The, the mealy pap I like. There's a, a coconut seafood stew. You're right. Yum. Some of the cold dishes there. Yeah. Look, Boma is beautiful. They also have the the sort of the open exhibit kitchen. It's a great place to talk to people because some of the stuff you go on there and you look at some of the items and you don't necessarily either understand what they are or maybe you're saying, well, is this something I'm, I'm willing to try? They'll explain to you um, a lot about the ingredients in the item. Everything there is safe. You sort of have to worry about sort of maybe testing the limits of your palate, but I agree with you. I love Boma, but Becky, if you listen carefully, Kendall didn't necessarily specify dinner. And so when I thought buffet, I thought both breakfast and dinner and Boma to me wins on both counts. I think Boma has some great stuff uh, for, for breakfast that are, are things that you'll keep coming back to. Um, and I'm surprised you didn't say zebra domes on the buffet for, <laughs> for dinner because I know people oftentimes go back just for that. Um, had one. What? I'm sorry. No. Uh, what, what did I, you say? I have never had a zebra dome. I know. I know. <sighs> I haven't lived. <laughs> I don't even know you anymore. Really? Again, chalk that one on the list. We're, we're going to do those little swirly things and zebra domes. Got it. Yeah. Uh, Boma for dinner, it, it's beautiful. I love Disney's Animal Kingdom Lodge um, at night. But they have, and listen, they have a, a wide variety too. It's it's They have chickens and steaks and, and different types of seafood. Um, I always, I know I pronounce this wrong, so please forgive me. It's Boboti, uh, I believe, which is this, it's like a quiche that has, uh, I, I believe it's beef and lamb and onions. It sounds odd, but like raisins in it as well. That's delicious. Uh, again, too, Boma for breakfast is, is 
I would highly recommend. I would, if I had to choose between the two, I would maybe even send you over to Animal to Boma for breakfast and somewhere else for dinner, because hmm. because a lot of the breakfast buffets, if you go to Chef Mickey's or some of the other right. places, it is pretty standard across the board. And look, I, I love breakfast at Chef Mickey's or sh- breakfast at the buffet at Crystal Palace. Especially, get your first reservation of the day. You get into the park before anybody else does. <laughs> um, but here they don't just have you know eggs and waffles and pancakes and things like that. But they've got this uh, great little skillet. They have uh, baboti again there too, and a lot of the the colder salad types things or even the the hotter kind of oatmeal's are very unique to you know the the African culture. And uh, I, I can't, I'm I'm uh, forgetting the name of the sort of hot. Oatmeal, it's a very high protein oatmeal that is delicious. It's phenomenal. So much so that we've found it and bought it at home. And my wife has made it because I don't know what that big black magic box in the kitchen actually does. <laughs> but <laughs> um, so I, I would recommend Boma breakfast and or dinner. Um, I snuck in Crystal Palace in there as well, too. Uh, I would also sneak in maybe Beer Garden. And it's a sort of a, a different yeah. type of environment because here I'm bringing in the location too because you sort of sit in this um indoor outdoor sort of tiered seating area there's this oompa loompa band (laughs) playing on the stage but you can try like the spatzel which i love and there's um hot dogs and but sort of german style hot dogs and and potato salad and lentil salads and things like that um outside I, i would i have to say trails end because i love trails end i love going out to fort wilderness Far and away, best value um, for dinner, I think, out there as well. Um, I, I really like, and it's a lot of sort of traditional, hearty, meat on your bones, you know, chicken and chilies and meats and things like that over at Trails End. You've never been there as well either, have you? No, I actually have. Thank you very much. And I was going to say Trails End is a great option for those who might not have such an adventurous palate. So maybe they're not so much into the spice and into the Moroccan and into the curry and and that type of thing. Trails End is a great option for that because it is more Americana, you know? The, they have Meat these, potatoes. They, they have these ribs that are awesome. I'm I'm, <laughs> Becky, I'm famished beyond words, so much so that somebody I know is yelling at their iPod, computer, car stereo, whatever it may be, something. saying, my God, man, how are you possibly missing fresh at the Dolphin? Or how did you not talk about wherever? I'm sure we're missing some. And that's why the question of the week, the question for you, listener, is what is your favorite buffet in Walt Disney World? Is it Chef Mickey's? Is it Cape May? Is it 1900 Park Fair? And if so, what is it? What is that, like she said, that array of amazing items or what is that single item that you go back to that buffet for? Come to www.radio.com, click on this week's podcast show notes, leave your comments there. I would love to hear, especially if there's something that I'm, I'm overlooking that I have to make sure I go and do the research on I would love to hear more about, would love to hear more from you. That's what makes this an interactive two-way conversation. Also, don't forget, as long as you're on the internets and the interwebs, go and visit mousefantravel.com. Becky is not only 
incredibly intelligent about all things Disney, but she can help you plan your vacation to Disney World, land, cruise, adventures, anywhere you want to go. You can visit them at Mouse Fan Travel, and uh, she and her agents will give you incredible level of personal service and Becky's cell phone number, which is nice. <laughs> well, thanks for having me back. And, and you know what? The lesson I keep learning that I don't remember every time, I have to learn to eat before we record these things. So I swear I. I'm starved. I am really? famished. And we we obviously have more research to do ahead of us because we have many more emails to come. And I'm we in. do. And if you've sent us an email, I promise you, if you haven't heard back from me directly, we will answer on the show so we can share the answers with others. If you have a question you want answered, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Becky, thank you for joining us again. Thank you very much for having me <laughs> again. I'm off to eat. If I could go yes. anywhere in Disney World right now to eat, where would I go? You kind of can go anywhere right yeah, now. That's true. That's not I'm going, really I'm going fair. to Trails End. You're going to Trails I'm End? I'm thinking Trails End. All I'm thinking right, Trails End to eat. <sighs> then you go to Crockett's Tavern for a little beverage. And then you go outside to the campfire, sing along for some s'mores. S'mores. I'm done. Yeah, see, s'mores. I now you've put that in my brain. Now and we then you do roll s'mores. me into the stables because I won't be able to walk home <laughs> from the food, not from Crockett's. Tower. From the food. Yeah. Just keep you away from the sushi so you don't burst. That's. It's time for our Walt Disney World Trivia Question of the Week. Because as you may know, before WDW Radio, I got started sharing my passion for Disney through my Walt Disney World Trivia books. I love being able to not only share some trivia with you on the show, but get you involved as well. So we brought back a Trivia Question of the Week. It could be about Walt Disney World history and existing an attraction. It may be a soundbite or a line from an attraction you have to identify. And if you're chosen from all the right answers, you can win a Disney prize package. We started last week with a trivia question about the Sherman brothers to honor not only the passing of Robert Sherman, but Richard Sherman joining us on the cruise in November. And so last week I said that the Sherman brothers had created many memorable songs, not just for Disney films, but for the theme parks as well. Sometimes with even more than one song playing in a single attraction or pavilion. And so the trivia question was, for what Walt Disney World attraction did the Sherman Brothers create three original songs? Now, original was the key there. And the answer I was looking for was the Imagination Pavilion, because they created one little spark for Journey into Imagination, Magic Journeys, and Making Memories for the Magic Journeys attraction. And you guys clearly know your Sherman Brothers and your Walt Disney World music, because we got many, many correct answers. Congratulations to everybody who got those correct. But I also got many, many answers that said the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh. And they had cited Winnie the Pooh, the wonderful thing about Tiggers, and the rain, rain, rain came down, down, down. That is correct. Those are three songs in a single attraction by the Sherman Brothers, but the question asked for three original songs, not songs that were created for the Disney film. But... I didn't intend for the question to be as tricky as it was with the use of the word original. So what I did was this, to be completely fair, was I selected a winner from all the people who entered in the Imagination Pavilion and those three songs. 
And then I took all the people that submitted the many adventures of Winnie the Pooh, and I'm going to give them the exact same prize as well. The prize consists of all six of my audio tours of Walt Disney World on CD, Main Street, Adventureland, Fantasyland, Toontown, Liberty Square, and Frontierland, a signed copy of my Walt Disney World Trivia Book, Volume 2, a copy of the very first issue of Celebrations Magazine, and a $25 iTunes gift card so you can go out and buy the Sherman Brothers Legacy Songbook via iTunes. So in the interest of fairness and fun, we have not one, but two winners this week. And the winner who said One Little Spark, Magic Journeys, and Making Memories is Heather Spiro from New York. So Heather, congratulations. Please email me at contest at wdwradio.com with your address. I'll send your prize package out right away. And our second winner, who was drawn from all the people who mentioned Winnie the Pooh, Wonderful Thing About Tiggers, and the Rain, Rain, Rain came down, 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 is Christopher Wells from Minnesota. Christopher, congratulations to you as well. Also, please send me your address. I will get your prize package out to you right away. And now on to this week's Walt Disney World trivia question. And this week, in honor of the release of The Muppets on DVD, huge Muppets fan, I thought I would ask you a question about Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D over at Disney's Hollywood Studios. And so this week's question, which I hope has only one correct answer, is this. What song does Miss Piggy sing during her solo in Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D? You have until 11.59 p.m. on Sunday, March 25th, to email your answer to contest at wdwradio.com. All you need to do is identify what song Miss Piggy sings during her solo in Jim Henson's Muppet Vision 3D. And again, the prize package, I'll match what I did last week. All six audio tours, signed copy of my Walt Disney World trivia book, copy of the first issue of Celebrations Magazine, and so you can go out and download the Muppets via iTunes. I'll give you a $25 iTunes gift card as well. Again, 11.59 p.m. Eastern, Sunday, March 25th. Email your answers to contest at wdwradio.com. And for bonus points that mean absolutely nothing, tell me, am I a man or am I a Muppet? Good luck. That's going to do it for this week's show. Thanks again for taking the time and tuning in this and every week. Don't forget that if you have a question you want answered on the air, you can email me at lou at wdwradio.com. Or if you want to be heard on the air, you can call the voicemail line at 407-900-9391. That's 407-900-WDW1. Don't forget, too, I want to hear your thoughts about the best buffet in Walt Disney World. Come by this week's show notes. Visit the website at wdwradio.com. Click on show number 266. Leave your comments there in the comments section. While you're there, be sure and browse around the new website. We just launched it a couple of weeks ago. We have lots of content coming out on the blog. Free, friendly discussion forums, videos, and lots more. You can also check out the WDW Radio shop. There you can not only download or purchase copies of the audio tours on CD or download. You can get a link over to Celebrations Magazine. You can get a, We have just a few left of the WW Radio five-year anniversary limited edition pins. And you can also get some WW Radio box people and uh, WW Radio Cruise logo gear as well from our shop over at Zazzle.com. Speaking of the cruise, don't forget, November 4th through the 8th, Richard Sherman of the Sherman Brothers is going to be joining us on the WW Radio Cruise on the Disney Dream. There is still availability inside, balcony, concierge, and ocean views. 
Right now, prices are as low as $739 per person for double occupancy. You can visit www.radiocruise.com for more information. Remember, you do have to book as part of our group in order to participate in any of the events that we're going to be doing with Mr. Sherman and some of the other special things we're going to have going on during the cruise as well. Don't forget to join us every Wednesday night for our live video broadcast and chat over at www.radiolive.com. There you can hear and ask and answer questions about this week's Walt Disney World news. If you can't make it live, that's okay. I'll post it also on our YouTube channel and on the WW Radio blog. I'll also post the audio in the iTunes feed as well. Be sure and check out last week's newscast where we were live from Storybook Circus. What I did was I took the box and gave you a tour in the evening, which is beautiful, of the new areas of Storybook Circus, including Dumbo, the Great Goofini, the railroad station, really give you an idea of some of the wonderful theming and details that are going on there. Again, you can find that over at the blog over at WDWRadio.com. The next WDW Radio Meet of the Month in Walt Disney World is going to be Saturday, March 31st. For more information, times, location, and details, visit WDWRadio.com. Click on the events tab. Remember, anybody and everybody is welcome, so hope to see you there. Also, I will be traveling on the Disney Fantasy from Friday, March 23rd through Monday morning, March 26th. And I am going to try, if at all possible, to do live video broadcast and chat right from the ship. Now, I don't know exactly if or when or for how long I will be able to do it. The best way to find out when the live broadcasts are going to take place is to follow me on Twitter. I am at Lou Mangello. I'll also post them at the same time over on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Lou Mangiello. And of course, whether I do or do not do any live broadcast from the ship, I will, of course, have a full report when I get back, as well as videos, interviews, and lots more. Definitely stay tuned for more coming from the Disney Cruise Line ship, the Disney Fantasy, after I return on the 26th. Thanks again to our partners and sponsors. You just heard from Becky Mankin from MEI and Mouse Fan Travel. Next time you come down to Walt Disney World with your large or extended family or friends, visit All-Star Vacation Homes. They have everything from two-bedroom condos up to seven-bedroom homes with private pools, spas, kitchen, game rooms, lots more. Great way to let the whole family stay together. They are allstarvacationhomes.com. And also head on over to swanandolphin.com because if you want to stay right in the heart of Walt Disney World, I go and visit for the restaurants like Shula's and Blue Zoo and Il Molino and Komodo's but stay for the Mandara Spa, the other Disney benefits, and the most comfortable heavenly beds on property. You can check them out over at swananddolphin.com. As always, my friends, and you are my friends, whether we have met yet or not, all I ask is that if you like the show, please help spread the word. Let others know about it. Tweet out that you're listening. Share links on Facebook or Pinterest or Google Plus or your favorite discussion forums. And please come by, rate and review the show over in iTunes. Speaking of iTunes, stay tuned. The new free WDW Radio app should be available very, very soon, both in iTunes and in Android for the Droid platform. I'll have more announcements about those coming up very, very quickly. And finally, don't forget to go out and start doing what you love and love what you do each and every day. And always keep in mind that big things always have small beginnings. So start taking those first steps and always keep moving forward. I hope you have a great great week everybody so until next time see ya hi Lou this is James calling from Newfoundland Canada I've been listening to your show for about the past three years now I guess and I uh, just wanted to call in and say thank you for all the great work you do um, recently I've been going back to the shows in about 2009 and listening to all the top tens and they're just absolutely fantastic um I listen to them on my way to school, 
uh, when I'm on the bus, basically everywhere I go. Um, I've just been listening to the past top tens. And um, so I, I just wanted to say thank you for all the great work you do and keep it up. See ya. Hey, Lou, this is John from Buffalo, New York, calling here at the Magic Kingdom today. It's a beautiful day. And uh, taking your advice, I'm uh, here on my own uh, today. I'm just sit back and relax and uh, watch the whole family have a great time. The parade goes by. Got a nice cinnamon uh, bunch from the Main Street Bakery. I'm sitting up here at my own table at the top of the train station, the Main Street train, train station, looking down Main Street and just having a wonderful time uh, taking the easy instead of running from one section to the next. Having a great day. Thanks for all you do, Lou. Love the show. Keep up the great work. Hey, Lou. It's Michael Curtis. Uh, I just finished uh, listening to show number 264 on the special events for kids at Walt Disney World. And when you brought up the uh, the, advent- the pirate adventure, I totally forgot that I actually did it when I was probably six or seven. I was probably in first grade. I'm, a, I'm in high school now, but that's probably one of my first Disney memories that I, I, I could take back to, probably to my like, first or second visit. And it was really awesome. I still, I think I still have the uh, treasure chest somewhere that I got, the little gold or something. Uh, but it was really one of those things that had an amazing time. That was, uh, I think it was the one in the Seven Seas Lagoon. It was just awesome. Uh, highly recommend it. I still remember it, even though it was like 12, 14 years ago, maybe. Um, awesome time. I think my little brother was too young to do it, so I was alone. I still had an awesome time. Uh, my parents went on the sea race during it instead, but uh, one of those things I'll never forget. Uh, thank you for everything you're doing. Hopefully, I'll be on the Disney Dream Cruise. I'm still working on that, but uh, thank you for all you do. Bye.